This is the Sexual Alchemy Podcast for men who want to discover and embrace profound confidence, intimacy, pleasure, and connection. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I invite you to explore who you really are as a confident, sexual, and sensual man. Whether you're dealing with specific sexual issues, or you just know there's more to it than you've experienced so far, this is a safe space for you to learn, grow, and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Hello, and welcome to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I am delighted to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Jan Day, and she is a Tantra teacher here in the UK. I actually first met Jan probably at least a decade ago, more or less, maybe a bit longer ago, um, when we were attending some Tantra teachers meetings together, and I got to know her professionally and personally a little bit back in the day, and then we kind of lost touch. And she has recently published a book called Living Tantra, which we're going to talk about in the podcast. And so I invited her to come for a catch-up and um, to tell you about her amazing work. Let me read you her official bio. Jan Day trained for 15 years with Art of Being founder Alan Lowen in Europe and Hawaii, as well as being an integral relationship trainer. She has studied and taught Tantra for nearly 40 years, and the book Living Tantra is based on her legendary workshops, which book up through word of mouth only and attract attendees from across Europe and North America. And we get into all that. We talk about her work and the book and her workshops, and she's just awesome. I think you will love her. So go ahead and have a listen. Jan, welcome to the Sexual Alchemy podcast. I am so, so delighted that you are here. I am so delighted to be here. It's really wonderful to talk to you. And yeah, from long ago, because we've had a long history of knowing each other. So yeah, it's really exciting to be part of this. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I I feel a bit like a kid at Christmas. And I think, like you say, we we knew each other a long time ago. And so we've just been reconnecting before hitting record. And also I've been listening to your book, which I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I think there's there's so much to talk about. Um, Before we dive in, would would you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do and that kind of thing? Yeah. So my name is Jan Day, and I mostly lead Tantra workshops. My definition of Tantra is a little bit different than most people, so it involves a fairly wide definition of Tantra that includes all that life brings, so intimacy, relationship, working, being in the world, how we treat nature, our bodies, how present we are, how we can connect with ourselves, how we can connect with each other. It includes everything, our spirituality, our heart, our body, our relationship inside, our relationship outside. So it's a a huge definition of Tantra. So that's the Tantra that I teach, and it's about living all of that, which is why we call it Living Tantra. So I've been teaching since uh, 1999, and I started teaching in Switzerland, actually. And um, at that time, I was living part of the year in Switzerland and part of the year on Maui in Hawaii. And I was teaching in both places and working alongside Alan Lowen and Yeah, and it evolved. So I began teaching more and more, organizing less and less, teaching alongside him. Then eventually we split and started teaching. I was teaching on my own. And so it was in 2006, I came to England 
and which is when I met you, I think. It was probably when I first met you. And then, um, so I was looking after my dad, which is why I came back to England. And then I started running workshops in England and really focusing on England. And it took off. I mean, and then by the time it was time to go back to Hawaii, my living tantra had built up so much here that why would I leave it? Like, you know, it's like England had called me and I was, my roots were here and, and here it was. So it's, and it's been developing ever since. And you know, my husband Frieda is is teaching with me, and it's our life, really. It's what it's what we do, and it's um, exciting and heart opening and um, rewarding, fulfilling. You know, it's like seeing people grow. It's a part of growth, really. So, yeah, it's exciting. You are literally living tantra. That yes. is- that is it. Yeah. yeah. That is exactly it. We are living Tantra and the workshops we teach are mostly called living Tantra and the trainings. And yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. I love that. And I love your definition of Tantra. When I was listening to the book, because I listened by mm. audiobook, you were very careful to explain your definition of Tantra. And um, I really appreciated it. I, I appreciated the care you took in explaining it and also the definition because for me, what you explained, what you just said about it's an embracing of everything and using everything to grow and evolve, like lit me up. I thought like, that's what I tried to do in my life, but I hadn't quite considered that that was living Tantra. And a lot of things clicked into place when I when I heard that in your book. So um, that was really beautiful. I'm really grateful for it. It's kind of, it felt like it just it's like a it, like it opened up something I already knew, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but opened it up further. Yes, I think that's true. And it's interesting because I would say about a third of my work is about sexuality um, because we do want to include sexuality. And because in the West, we've thrown sexuality out so much and made it so dysfunctional and it seems to have got worse over the years rather than better. I think, you know, we have to start there because if it's the base energy. If we don't put that right, everything else is built on sand you know it's just going to fall over so we do have to work with sexuality and make that healthy and joyful and innocent and fulfilling we have to have that base where people really connect with that and don't push that out and connect that through with their heart and their spirit but that's not where we stop that has to be included but once that's in place what's amazing is that and i've had loads of people tell me this they came to work with their sexuality but then they realized that once that was kind of feeling healthy and functional, that the rest of their life started coming into place. And, you know, there was one guy said, yeah, even my relationship with my students, I didn't realize it was going to affect that. That was just like after doing a one-week course, he said, the way I am with my students has become totally different. And the way they are with their families and their children is totally different because their fundamental consciousness, starting with their sexuality and all their energy, is aligned and embraced and can be landed so their presence is more. And yeah, so so of course we know that. I mean, we know that it has to start there, but I think sometimes, sometimes in the West, it's like the focus on Tantra gets stuck in sexuality and people forget that actually it's about everything. And it's like, it's the opposite of Tantra. Tantra was include everything. Don't leave sexuality out either. And we'll have this and we'll throw everything else out. But that isn't it. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's reminding me, I always say your sex life doesn't exist in a vacuum. It exists in the context of your life. And yeah. so what's happening in your life is relevant 
to your sex life and what's happening in your sex life is relevant to your life. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Missing That's it. Exactly right. Yeah. Because ultimately, yeah. in both those things, it's you that are there. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's the core, isn't it? So who are you bringing, whether to your life or your work or your relationships or your sex, who are you bringing? And that's that's where everything comes into play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we're very aligned, I think. Yeah. Which is oh, lovely. lovely. Delightful. Yeah. Because I'm listening to the book and you're I'm going, yes, that. Oh, and that. Oh, and that too. And I got, got very excited. I was like, oh my God. Like, Yes, just a big yes to everything. And that's why I feel like I'm bouncing a little bit like a kid at Christmas because it's so yeah. overjoying to oh. speak to someone who, you know. That's lovely to hear. That is lovely to hear. And actually, it's kind of why I wrote the book because people kept asking me, you know, what book can I read about Tantra? And the truth is that most of them are fairly focused on sexuality. There isn't really one that, that, says this is about embracing everything it's about our whole life and it's in a way it's very ordinary it's extraordinarily ordinary actually it's every day how do we live to the best of our ability and use everything to grow including our sexuality (laughs) everything else out yeah well and I love all of that every single bit of it you know I often say about finding the extraordinary in the ordinary And that applies to whether you're doing your laundry or sweeping leaves or making love. You could be making love in the exact same position. You've done it for the last 20 years with the same person. But if you're fully present, that experience has never existed. That experience hasn't happened. And so, you know, it's it's not about methods and techniques and positions and all that stuff. You know, it's ultimately presence, isn't it? And how we are able to bring our presence is about all the stuff of life that you keep saying so yeah how do we bring our presence and also what gets in the way of it you know looking at okay we want to be totally present so what is stopping us what gets in the way of that so we're often looking at you know all the defenses some of the childhood stuff you know all the ways and if we have an intention to be present then we notice the moments when we're not present we notice what pulls us out and 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 then if we have the the courage and the intention we can look underneath okay I see that I got a bit lost there I got distracted or and what what's driving that and then we can drop down underneath that and then we can use that to learn and grow so everything everything is you know like stuff to turn into compost yeah I was gonna say it's all fertilizer yeah yeah, yeah. it is yeah something you're saying in the book too that I loved about and this was early on but you were saying about when you started to recognize your own exit strategies and I was like, what, did, what does she mean by exit strategy? And then you went on to explain about how when, I think it was when you and Frida were maybe first having a conversation yeah. or something, it was getting intimate. And you said that you were like, oh, I have to go organize some things and run <laughs> off. And I was like, oh, that's what she means by exit strategy. I get that. And it is, yeah. like you say, when you have the intent to get present, you start to notice what you do unconsciously mm. as a strategy yeah. To protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just autopilot. Yeah. That was a really funny moment when that happened. And we both have talked about it a lot since because he had his own exit strategy in that. And um, yeah. And we it, do like, that all the time, don't we? Like, you yeah. know, I, I can think of clients who tell me, or even that I experience when I'm with them, we're, we're, we're starting to get them comfortable with their own neurotic energy. And then they just check out, you know, I, I can feel that they've gone and we'll say where, 
where have you gone? And they all go, oh yeah, I did. I did. I, I went up into my head. I, I started thinking or, you know, and it's just automatic, as you say, you know. Yeah. So I'm curious because I, I find that I often go um, into a great conversation and I don't, and I forget. So I get questions later from people who've listened about, well, how do you do that thing? Or how do you know when? So how can people start to notice their strategies or their, their things that, that are their obstacles to presence? Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. Obviously, the first thing is to have an intention to to want to notice. Mm. And then it will tend to be looking at the patterns. So I mean, there are some really common ones like the phone, the newspaper, even reading books. I mean, it's not that any of these things are bad, but you'll notice that when you're a little bit tight or stressed, the first thing you do is reach for it and that you can't be without it. Mm. which tends to mean that, that we're using it as a defense. So I think there's, I mean, obviously eating is one, smoking is one, even exercise can be one. It's whatever we do that is driven and isn't, and isn't serving. Like, so we, if we begin to notice our energy levels and notice the degree of connection that we have with the person we're with, then we can notice when we begin to feel uncomfortable. One of the first things I say to people when they come to my workshops is, you know, one of the things we're going to do is learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because if you were just going to be comfortable all the time, you might as well not come. So we have to be able begin to notice what we do when we're uncomfortable. So noticing and developing an inner observer is maybe one of the early things to begin to do. So what makes me a bit uncomfortable and when do I notice that I'm doing something that is very much patterned and there's probably, you can feel a break in energy. If you're connecting with somebody and then you crack a joke, you can feel how you cut the energy. And I'm sure you work with this too. You know, we're working with an intense energy and then it's too much. So we cut it somehow and it's quite jarring if you're on the other end of it. And it's jarring to us too, but of course we're not usually there in it. So we right. don't necessarily notice, but we might notice afterwards, oh, whenever it gets intense, I make a joke or I start thinking about my holidays or my work, or even I get busy, you know, like that example in the book, that was my go-to. Oh, I, I've busy, I've got, just got to go and do something. I mean, it sounds very innocent and normal. You know, I might have easily had to go and do something, but actually it was a way out because everything was getting a bit too intense. So when we start developing that inner observer, I, I, I get all my clients to journal. I really think it's a way of being with myself and listening to what's going on in me. When we start journaling, we're really actively um, developing the inner observer. And that means that we can begin to notice what happens to our energy. And I use Liz Miller's mood mapping a lot as well. So you can begin to notice what people begin to tune into what their energy level is. Have you ever come across mood mapping? That's no, that's one. new to me. I'm going to look I'll, it up. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that one in a minute. So that's a way of um, really beginning to, on a regular basis, tune into what is my energy level high or low, and what is my state of well-being? And that gives us a little point of our mood map. When we begin to tune into our energy level, we can see where we're comfortable and where we're uncomfortable and what we do when we're comfortable and uncomfortable. And we can begin to see the pattern. So it's a great little tool that you can use really easily. 
And it, it fosters that sense of listening to what is my mood doing and what is, where am I feeling so uncomfortable that I just basically check out, mm. you know, which could be because of shame or, an, or, or even o- overjoyed or not knowing, you know, there's all kinds of states that we get into that we just don't like because we were, they weren't approved of or we're not used to them. And that's usually the moment when we check out. So then once we can begin to notice those energy changes, then we can begin to see, okay, and what do I do when? Right. What's and catch, catch the moments where our energy goes up, 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 boop, boom, cut off. Oh, and isn't that, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the book where you're talking about, oh, it's such an English term, it's gone right out of my head, the, the, um, the cake. Oh, yes. Yeah. The, the Victoria sponge cake. <laughs> Victoria sponge cake. It left my brain completely. Yeah. Victoria yeah. sponge cake. And I was like, what? And then you explained it. I was like, yes, Jen, yes. Yeah, because that, that it's a way, it's a very visual way of people seeing, like, you know, okay, we go along in our sort of stuck mode, which is the dry bottom piece of the cake where nothing much is happening and we're a bit, you know, we might safe. be a bit zoned out, but it's very safe. Yeah, nothing much is going to happen there. And then the, the the middle layer of the cake is the juicy bit where lots of stuff happens and we're trying things out and we're going into the uncomfortableness and it's, you know, it's a bit adventurous and we're risking little things, but little steps. But if we go too far in that, then we take ourselves over what we're capable of holding at that moment. And then we go back up into the top layer where basically we'll zone out very quickly, dissociate and go flipping back down to the to the bottom layer because it was all too much. Yeah. And people, once that, once I explain that model, my students often come back and say, oh no, I'm in, I'm heading for the top layer of the cake. I need to, you know, everybody knows what they mean because <laughs> right. it's so visual. Or I'm in the jam, baby. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm doing this squidgy bit's really nice. <laughs> oh, it's genius. I was listening to that going, oh, Jan, yes, this needs to be a thing in the world. You know? <laughs> The Victoria Sponge model of, <laughs> <laughs> but it works, and it works as living tantra too because it's not just visual, as you say, it's visceral. Yes, you know, my mouth starts watering when yeah, you talk about yeah. that. <laughs> I'm having an embodied response here. <laughs> nice, yeah. I love that so much, and you. I love chatting with you. You've opened up so many things. Let me see if I can touch on a few of them. One was that. I don't know if you know the work of John Demartini. He is this um, multi-genius, crazy, brilliant, mad teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, he, to make a really long story short, he basically says that the universal definition of love is equal amounts of challenge and support. Because if you have too much support, you become juvenile and don't grow. If you have too much challenge, you fall apart and don't grow. And I was thinking, you know, in our work, we are the support by bringing challenge. Yes, exactly. That's you know, exactly like, true. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're saying you, when you're, when your students come on workshops, you tell them if you want to be comfortable, you're in the wrong place. And it's yeah. not because you don't want them to maybe sometimes enjoy themselves or whatever, but they're there presumably to grow. Right. Yeah. And, and it is challenge them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that's one of the sweet things about a workshop scenarios. It's enriching and a very enriched environment where lots of people are there growing together. When you have lots of people growing and interacting together, challenge inevitably happens. Mm. And then all we have to do is make sure that we use it and make sure that every challenge and every act of 
kind of that creates disharmony is we're looking at that and how can we come back into connection again? How can we do the repair piece so that we keep building the connection stronger and stronger so that we develop a tolerance for vulnerability and develop intimacy? Because if we can't afford to risk the fallouts, then we then everything gets stagnant. So we have to be able to, to risk being ourselves and showing up and dancing on the edge and doing things that are you know, maybe just on the edge of our comfort zone and and challenging ourselves so that we expand and grow. And, and if we fall out, we find our way back and use that so that we, you know, we, we own our vulnerability and our wounds and bring them those to each other so that we develop intimacy and connection. And then it just spirals and spirals so that people, you know, people, especially when they've Actually, even in when they've just been in a week, the, the connection lasts a long, long time. And the people who do the 18-month training, you know, they, they're they family. They're, right. they're together forever then because they've seen more of each other and know each other more deeply and trust each other more deeply, usually than their own birth families, where, you know, often we can't really show up because that's where our wounds were created. It takes a lot to... You know, and, and and our birth families aren't necessarily willing to go on that journey, and you know, it's it's not for pushing. So, yeah. Now, I'm, I was really struck back in the days when I was first exploring all of this myself as a as a student and participant, how I could journey with a group of thirty or forty or however many people who were strangers at the beginning of a weekend or a week or um, six months or whatever was the training, and how even at the end of a day, mm-hmm. I would know some of them more deeply than I would know people that I, well, like you say, either birth family or that I, even that I'd known through work or other ways, I would know this person I sat gazing into their eyes for 10 minutes more than I knew someone I'd chatted to. Well, I was going <laughs> to, the strange um, metaphor that came was like overwork for 20 years, but I haven't worked for anyone else <laughs> for 20 years. So that doesn't make sense, but you get the gist of it. You know, yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's a depth to the work in these workshops that I, I don't know how you recreate that anywhere else. I mean, even in, I think you do, you do individual sessions as well, private sessions. I do. Yeah. 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 So even in those, when I'm working with someone, I can get someone to a certain place in their growth and development. And often I will then tell them they need to either go on some workshops mm-hmm. or take it out in their life somewhere because I am only one mirror and I am only one kind of challenge, yeah. you know, like I can be multifaceted to a point, but I'm still just coming from this point yeah. <laughs> in space and time. Oh, that's so, yeah, yeah, right? that, that's exactly true. And I think that is the richness of workshop, you know, do, do, doing work with groups. And it's why I love doing it. I mean, it's, that's my favorite thing because there's so much, so many different energies in the room and they're going to find each other. Um, right. and we're going to find all kinds of ways for them to find each other and trigger each other and delight each other and get jealous of each other and all, yeah, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me is you were saying that for, and I was thinking, oh, you like a light bulb went off. And I was thinking, I I used to run workshops and I very consciously quit running workshops because I realized that I loved presenting the work and I loved the evolution that would take place individually and in the group field. But what I tired of at some point was exactly the thing that I think you find the juiciness and that I think you hold so well, and which makes you an awesome teacher is 
holding the triggers that unfold naturally in the group. Mm, yes. Instead yes. of me seeing that as a piece for growth at the time or after a while, it was after years of teaching, I found it an obstacle mm. that I just, I, I, I don't know, I just came to the end. It was like, hey, that's it. I'm not willing to deal with that anymore. The end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, which is interesting because I hadn't realized quite A, that that's what I had done and B, that I could have used that. I, well, I couldn't have at the time. I couldn't no. have. Uh-huh. But I think you actually get a kick out of that. I do. And I think if there's not enough of that there, then that's like time to stir up some trouble. I was you're going to stir the pot, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's for growth and, and yeah. evolution. Yeah. Like the challenge and support. If there's it is. It's just compost. Yeah, we don't want to stir it too much. And I mean, you know, there are moments when, you know, if people really can't work with each other. I don't, you know, I don't make anybody do anything. I don't make anybody do anything at all, actually. You know, it's they're always invitations, but there is a constant kind of learning and encouragement that whatever happens, we're going to use it to grow, right. whatever it is. Mm. So if there's a feeling of, I've been partnered with this person, I don't want to work with them. Instead of just saying, well, find someone else. It might be like, well, what's going on here? What, yeah, what? how could you use that for growth? It doesn't mean that you have to go on and work with them, but there's yeah. certainly something or an opportunity to something. look at something here. Yeah. Something's being touched. Something's being held back. You know, maybe it's, it, it might be something energetic. It might be some memory. It might be something uh, within me that, that, you know, is like filtering out a certain kind of person as being okay or you know judgments or I mean there's, there's so much that go, we're so rich we're so, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're so multi-dimensional right. but, um yeah it's fascinating and it's always fascinating and don't you find too that whether it's the workshops or your individual work or 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 everything every part of life it's so intricate yes. because every piece affects the other you know it's like the spider's web isn't it you can't wiggle one bit without it being felt everywhere no, that's exactly right. Yeah. You make me feel intrigued and also terrified to like dip toes back in the workshop world. I'm not teaching anymore. I'm clear on oh. that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I'm going to start sending everyone to you. <laughs> like, you know, we've we've done a piece. Sometimes they need to go in the middle of our work, you know, mm-hmm. come back and in, like integrate it privately or whatever and sometimes they need to go at the end of a piece of work but whatever it is and they'll be like yeah that's rich yes I I really I mean thank you and I I will also send people to you because I can feel how much your work vibrates with mine and that's really lovely to feel and it's true that some people often need more individual work as well as the work in the group, they need a bit of extra help somewhere. And to be honest, I do so much group work. I don't, I do do some sessions, but I don't do very many and I really limit them. So having other people who I can send people to is actually really um, great. So that's fantastic, actually. That's, a, that's a good synergy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just, I feel so lit up talking to you. It's amazing. I think, you know, part of me is like, oh God, she's going to challenge me now because I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, not that you would do that. I just mean like, oh, I'm all in the support, juicy jam and cream part of the cake right now, <laughs> which is, you know, delicious. Well, recipe, so. well maybe you know, I, I imagine that you stretch your qu- clients quite a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's the juicy part. And, you know, you don't want to head up into the top part. When you're heading up there, that's when you want to say, OK, now we're going to slow down and see. 
Because actually where we want to keep people is in the juicy part, because if they go too far, if they go too far and push themselves too fast, then um, then they'll begin to dissociate. So what, you know, everybody, every single person has a different capacity at any moment in time. And people come, you know, they might have a strong capacity emotionally, but sexually, you know, physically a completely different capacity and they're growing. So everybody is going to grow at different rates and come, you know, with at a different starting point. And the whole point in the workshop is to welcome everybody for us to, to be able to find the place where we can open our hearts to everybody wherever they are and let them go at the speed they need to go at all in the same room. So some people might be being very adventurous in some ways and and very careful and and slow in others. And then other people will be very adventurous in the way that they're being slow. Or maybe some people are slow and careful all the time and just need to take things very slowly. Whereas other people, I want, you know, for them, it's a big playground and they need to be much more free. And that's their edge. So it's, you know, there's a place for everybody and there is no judgment where people are it's it's a growing zone and it occurs to me too that the workshop is a microcosm of the macrocosm isn't it yeah. so like Absolutely. learning to be in that space where there's people who are growing differently than you and have different abilities and capacities than you and who maybe trigger you and other people you feel drawn to but they're not drawn to you and all that stuff it's a kind of microcosm of what happens out in life. And so if you can learn to navigate that in a safe held space and a safe held container with someone like you at the helm, then you're learning life skills. That's exactly right. You're learning life skills. And that's what I tell people at the beginning really is, you know, we're going to be together for 18 months if they're in the training. I mean, people don't have to do the training, but if they're in the training group, they're together for 18 months. And it's like a training in how to be in a relationship. So for those 18 months, it's as if they're married to 30 or 40 people in the group. (laughs) They're going to be in relationship to everybody and they're going to learn how to be in relationship because everything that's going to happen in the group is going to support them when they then go out and find, you know, find a relationship out in the world. So it's like a safe family in a way, a new family that has, you know, a set of conscious intentions to grow, to be honest, to connect, to use everything, um, to bring everybody in and connect with everybody so that, you know, and in learning that safety, so it it makes a very safe place for people to grow and learn to connect. And then having learned that in the enriched environment of the workshop, then they can carry it out into their life and live it out there. And and I've I've heard people call me, you know, like two or three years after they've done the training and say, now I get what we, I get it. Now I'm using all that stuff in my relationship. I didn't really understand at the time, but now I get it. It's all in there and I'm using it. And that's fantastic. And you're like, yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I get that because when I first started exploring things like Tantra and Contrasexuality, I, I went to it because I had this overflowing abundance of, of sexual energy that was sometimes amazing and connecting me to source and having amazing experiences, but often driving what I would now consider poor choices and creating bad, bad experiences. You know, I, I've used that since, but at the time it was, you know, not great. It was very bottom of the cake. And so, <laughs> bottom, yeah, bottom of the cake. And so I went 
to figure out what to do with all of that energy. But what what was at the beginning of that journey was not sexuality, <laughs> but was how to be with yourself, how yeah. to love yourself, how to, you know, it was, it was a self-awareness journey and it was a coming back to the body journey and it was learning to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this has nothing to do with sex. For the longest time, I was like, but when do we get to the sex? You know, when do we get to the sex part? And it was really only after quite some time, like maybe a year or longer that I was like, wait a minute, that stuff has made me have better sex. Right. Yes. <laughs> My yeah. relationships have improved. You know, like it was like, uh, like so it's just like your students. It, it yeah. clicked later for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what well, do you find too? Like, you know, I see clients who, who's their presenting issue is a sexual thing. It could be, you know, little or no experience or premature ejaculation or something. But usually, whatever is the root cause isn't sexual. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Right. And so yeah. that's just where it's it's become a problem. That's where just where the issues risen up. But like in the workshops, you, we have to address all of who we are because we take all of who we are to wherever we are. It's a terrible sentence, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 actually, of course, our sexuality, you know, from a lot of people, it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's a kind of clumsy, funky, but also it's a very joyful thing. You know, what better playground to learn in, in a way, than connection and touch and sexuality? I mean, that, that's a fantastic place to, there's a lot of juice and energy there. You know, it's hard to ignore it, actually. So, um, so I think it's quite, it's quite, it's a really good way in for all kinds of reasons to begin to grow our whole life and to make everything healthy and fulfilling and satisfying and, yeah, connected. I agree. And I have a question for you. We've, we've, you've spoken a few times about your 18 months training. Mm. Do you offer other yeah. workshops and training? Give, give us an idea of what you what, what offer. Yeah. 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 So the, the most basic thing that I do, or now sometimes it's some of my, the, the, the teachers that I've trained do it is meetings without masks. And that's a one day workshop for singles. So that's where people can go and learn a lot about connection and relationships. And it's set up so that everyone there is single and people are, can meet each other. Right. And that's the shortest one I do. Then I sometimes, sometimes, and it's it's probably only once a year, do a, a one-day introduction to Living Tantra, which is for anybody who wants to come, singles, couples, old, young, everybody. And again, it's about really tuning into the body, um, beginning to discover a little bit about our boundaries and touch um, and who we are when we're in touch with ourselves and each other. And then I do, the next one I do is, Passion, Power and Love, which is, again, open to everybody. And it's actually also a really good beginner workshop. And that's I do that over New Year every year. So it's a beautiful way to connect. It's a time when people want to connect. Mm-hmm. And it has um, uh, we, have, we do some work with touch. Um, we do some emotional work, letting go of the past, visioning the future with a beautiful candlelight ceremony over New Year and a, a, a bit of a party, an alcohol-free party afterwards and dancing. and um, and and then we usually do some some parts work around relationships and yeah and creating vision. So that's that's a very gentle way into my work. It does involve touch and boundaries, and it's a lovely introduction actually to the Living Tantra series. 
Mm. And then the beginning of the Living Tantra series is a seven-day workshop, which is Living Tantra 1, and that's open to everybody also. And that's complete in itself. So lots of people do that and you don't ha- you can do that and not have to do anything else at all. And that's very much a journey into our sexuality. So now we're absolutely focusing on ourselves as a sexual being, but it's very much who am I as a sexual being, not what am I doing with it with somebody else particularly. It's who am I as a sexual being? When I'm in a field of sexual energy, what happens to me? How am I in relation to touch? Uh, I mean, it's a very juicy, sexy workshop, but it's not about getting off with somebody at all. It's very right. much about who am I on my inner journey when I find my natural, innocent sexual expression, whatever that looks like for me, which is, you know, I'm not telling people how they should express their sexuality. They're finding it and then expressing it. Then when people have done Living Tantra 1, there's two, well, there's three ways to go. That's, for some people, that's enough. That's They don't need any more. Some people then want to do the rest of the series of workshops, which is Living Tantra 2, 3, and 4, and that takes them deeper in a very experiential sense. But then if they want to do the training, the training group does Living Tantra 2, 3, and 4, and as a closed group, they do a series of six three-day seminars. So they become really a family, Mm. and they dive very deep into who they are with each other. And in the seminars, we... The seminars are also experiential. They're not, seminars sounds like they're going to be sitting and writing, yeah. but actually it's not at all. It's just to do, it's a word to differentiate it from the workshops, which are very experiential. The seminars are also experiential, but we're looking at a much wider range of issues. It's very much generative. So whatever people bring, we work with and create processes to dive deeper into. And that group becomes a very strong family. So that's the whole Living Tantra series. Then people who pop out at the end of that, we have an advanced series. So that's ongoing. That's like a rolling, ongoing group for people who've done the training. So that because I realized there's no way I could give them everything I know in the training. So, you know, there's 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 more work to do. And then I also do a series for couples called Mirror of the Heart, which is just for couples. And now it's about working on the relationship. So there. Any sexuality that happens, they go off to their room and work just with each other. And we work with all the stuff that happens between them. So we're working much more with the relationship. And, you know, sexuality is included, but in the privacy of their room and all the dynamics of the relationship we bring in. So that's the whole, you know, so I'm busy. (laughs) I was about to say, you know, before we jumped on here, you said you're not home much. Now I understand why. Yeah. Yeah, we're very busy and 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 fun. I mean, we yeah, we totally enjoy all of it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. And most so most of your trainings are at least a week long, apart from the the few one day ones that you have. The 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 workshops are a week. Um, okay. The the advanced group are usually four days each. The, for the for the couples, we usually do just a three or two or three days. So that's usually over a weekend or a long weekend. And then the seminar pieces, so the pieces in between are all three-day sections. Yeah. But yes, it's true. A lot of them are nearly a week long. Yeah. But what I love about that is that, although like when I was exploring this stuff, I was grateful to have one days and two days mm-hmm. um, at a time, sometimes because of childcare or whatever, that was all I could do. But um, that longer amount of time, you can really drop in yeah. and let what wants to come up, come up and deal with it in a, in a full and complete way. You know, it's funny because 
like my individual sessions I offer, they're two hours long minimum. And people are like, what are we going to do for two hours? And I'm like, <laughs> believe me, you're going to go into a timeless space. And then when it's all over, you're going to think it was a, like a nanosecond, you know, which always happens. So like a week, I'm sure still flies by like a nanosecond, but yeah. it's yeah. at least more lush than yeah. You can't watch that stuff, can you? I mean, that's yeah. the long the, the the reason I like working longer is because exactly that. You work much, much deeper. And that's also why I like the training group, because of course, you know, even when they're doing three-day segments, they're knowing each other over 18 months. So they're dropping deeper and deeper every time. And just so much more happens. There's so much more trust um between each other that there's enough courage to 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 go to the places they need to go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I, I'm, I, part of me is like, oh, I wonder if I can do this. I know, I <laughs> and then also fear arises, which is interesting. <laughs> isn't that fascinating? That's the thing, isn't it, though, that I love about this work is that I am always learning and growing. Yeah. Doing it. And I and I, I see this in you. I feel this in you is, you know, I, I've always said a practitioner can only take their clients as far as they're willing to go in themselves. And so I have to be living my work. I have to always be growing and expanding or I'm, I'm not really of use to anyone or I'm going to be stuck, stuck where I was, you know, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, Yeah, which I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's exciting. I mean, it's, it feels to me like, the the evolutionary impulse to grow to be the biggest person we can be to be to give our gifts as fully as we can give them to be our whole selves i mean that is so it, it's a it feels to me like a the driving force of spirituality that is you know like the reaching upward and outward and, and being the biggest we can be yeah and as you say that it feels to me like living orgasmically it is yeah. that yeah, yeah. but and it doesn't have to be a big explosion all the time. It can it can be here and in the body, but it's it's just being open to it, the vibration is always right here, right now, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, and it means also. I mean that that being willing to be all that we can be. Absolutely, it encompasses like being in the garden, weeding the chamomile patch. You know, plant by plant, going slowly. It means being present when I'm brushing my teeth and then letting myself feel it and be there in it and pouring the love into the food I'm cooking and enjoying and being present in that. Yeah, it is. But all of that is the wholeness of our giving all of ourselves to the world in every moment. And do you find that most of the time for most people that you work with, that innate sense of life and joy and presence is always in there. It's just often got covered up by, you yeah. know, life's conditioning. Yes, but that's exactly right. Yeah, The innate spark is in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely think that. And I, and I think not everybody finds it. I mean, and, and I think sadly, you know, there are some of the, the exits, um, cover it up and people never find their way out. And that's really, really sad. But I think there is, it's a really strong urge in us as humans to grow and live our potential. And I think when people get even a scent of it, they want more and they they want to feed themselves and feel themselves in that wholeness. Yeah. I know, there's so many things that you've brought 
that I could have gone down a million tangents with you. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to painfully <laughs> start to draw this to a close. Otherwise, I'll yeah. go on forever. Maybe you'll have to come back and we can open up some of those tangents. I would love to. It's, I would love to, Rebecca. It's really, really fun to, to reconnect with you and talk with you. And I can, I just feel the vibration of our work is so similar that yes. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I was yes, it's remarkable. So much you were talking about, particularly your, I think it was your living tantra week one, mm. which is about the self. How are you with your own sexual energy? How are you with your own touch? That really is the core of my work. The other stuff about taking it out into the world, I I touch on and I help people apply it to them. But I that's I stick with that fundamental. But as you were talking about that, I was like, yes, Jen, this you be the same. <laughs> oh, thank you. So Tell us where they can find you, where listeners can find you. And just to say, we'll also put all the links oh, in the show notes. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my website is janday.com. So it's very easy. And easy. that's, that's the, the the way to find just about everything. Um, the, the book is available everywhere. So if you just put Living Tantra into Amazon or Waterstones or wherever, it, it will come up and you can buy it. Um, and I'll link to it as well. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So that's how people find me. All the details are on my website. So just janday.com is all you need. Okay. That's easy. And they can check the show notes after this. Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm already looking forward to having you back. Ah. Um, I wish you and your workshops and your book, all the love and success and joy in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast with Rebecca Lowry. If this podcast has aroused your curiosity and you'd like to take things further, you can get a copy of my free video training, Reclaiming Your Intuitive, Confident, Sensual Self. The link is in the show notes below, wherever you are listening.